conversation about real lives as real moms. No matter what happens, it's probably fine. Hi, and welcome back to the It's Probably Fine podcast. I'm Joy. And I'm Kayla. And today's episode is Things No One Told Me, a postpartum edition. We'll talk about all the super fun time after the baby has exited the premises and you're now trying to put yourself back together. Just a quick heads up to uh, anybody with kids in the car, this might be another episode where you want to throw your headphones in or save it for a time when you're cruising to work all alone. Uh, There might be a little TMI for kids in this one. So I think we realized in planning for this episode that I've apparently blocked out (laughs) much of what happened uh, when my son was born. So if it feels like Joy has more things to talk about on this episode, that seems to be why. In your defense, that was five years ago and my last one was seven months ago. So it's very fresh still. Yeah, let's go with that. I'm still technically in the postpartum period, so... So you're our resident expert today. Uh-huh, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll call it that for sure. Okay, well, no one told me that I should buy all the supplies to take care of myself after labor. I should purchase those before I went into labor. Because with my first, I had to call my mom and ask her to go pick everything up while I was at the hospital. (laughs) I wasn't prepared. Well, I had a wonderful friend who actually told me all of those things, the witch hazel pads and the dermablast and all the things. And I bought all of those things ahead of time and I felt very prepared for vaginal delivery. And then had a C-section and had (laughs) absolutely none of the things that you should have to recover after a C-section. There you go. Throw in, so. throw in the first curveball for yep. you. Uh, everyone told me that I should rest, but no one told me that I might not actually be able to sleep after and that I would be so amped up from all the endorphins and all that that it'd be hard to sleep. So after uh, my son was born the next day, the um, nurses came in and they said, hey, you should probably try to shower today. Try to get out of bed. <laughs> and um, I remember thinking in that moment when my husband had to hold me up. It took him and the wall of the shower to hold me up. I thought, yeah, I picked the right guy. (laughs) (laughs) I married the right guy. Like, this is the the weakest and most vulnerable I've ever been. And and here he is holding me up to shower. So, yeah, pick the right one. (laughs) Um, No one told me that stool softeners are not laxatives, and so I was scared to take them with my first until, again, my mom came to the rescue and explained to me, Um, that that would actually help and so you should take the stool softener and you don't have to be afraid that it is gonna just like explode your (laughs) digestive system (laughs) sounds really pleasant I don't know I was scared of everything (laughs) um so when the nurses approached me about taking that shower the day after my son was born I was completely baffled and looked at them like wait what I I'm supposed to shower while I'm here because in all of the lists that I read and all of the planning that I did toiletries was not something I brought with me. I had no shampoo. I had no soap. So I'm pretty sure my stepmom is the one that brought me some shampoo that day so I could take that shower. Um, I didn't know that I would have to like learn how to take care of the stitches that I ended up with. So all three of my children were born vaginally and the there's like I don't even know what degree the degrees of tearing are but I had some tearing and had some stitches and I didn't realize that you would I guess it makes sense because it's wound care but I didn't it didn't put it together that I'd have to learn how to take care of myself there and the nurse would have to show me and that was definitely another moment where I was just like 
okay, it doesn't matter who all sees everything <laughs> down there because everyone's already seen it. <laughs> yep. No humility at that point. No shame. Yeah. yeah. Um, no one told me that I would have a love-hate relationship with a nipple shield. <laughs> I was forever grateful that I was able to breastfeed my son um, by using it, but it was also kind of a pain. And for sure more on that for the next Things No One Told Me episode, right? Yes. Uh, no one told me about the massage uterus thing. I know there's an actual medical term for it, but it's if you've had a baby, uh, it, it's where they like come in afterwards and make sure. I think they're making sure all the placenta material is out of you because it can be really dangerous if you don't birth the whole placenta or whatever. But uh, it is painful, <laughs> and they really get down in there, especially the older nurses who've been around for a long time. They just come in and all that trauma area just push on you as much as they can. And yeah, no one warned me about that. No, that sounds terrible. That was something that with the C-section I don't, unless they did it, you know, as part of the whole procedure. I don't remember ever having to do that. Kind of glad I missed out on that. I have no idea if you have to have that. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Like I told you earlier, there was a tarp <laughs> of some kind. I didn't really know what was going on what past the blue that? tarp. It was a mystery. Um, no one told me that there would be moments where my husband just felt helpless. Um, there was a night, I think it was the night before we went home, um, where the pain medication made me really nauseous. And um, while I was nursing our son... I was like, go grab that bucket out of the bathroom now. <laughs> and he runs in, and so I'm throwing up into a bucket with my left arm and nursing the baby with my right, and I eventually had to pass him off. And, you know, so he's screaming because he's hungry, and I'm throwing up, and, you know, my husband's just standing there looking helpless. Like, I can't feed the baby, and I can't help you. I'm just going to stand here. That's fun. <laughs> I felt really bad for him. I but I felt worse for me in the moment. Right. <laughs> Uh, no one told me that sometimes bonding with the baby doesn't actually happen immediately, and that's normal. I, I'd always, I don't know, you see in the movies, like, the baby's born and you're immediately in love with them. I loved them, but I remember, especially the first time, just being so bewildered by everything that was happening that it took me a minute to have those warm, fuzzy feelings, and... Now, of course, I just want to <laughs> snuggle them all the time. You love them so much. Um, mine kind of happened a different way. I, once, you know, the initial medication wore off from the C-section and I got a little bit of sleep from all the exhaustion, um, I instantly went into mama bear mode and just had this fierce desire to protect him and, like, wouldn't let anybody else hold him, wouldn't let them take him anywhere like he was with me 24 7 I was for sure afraid that um they they don't really go to the nursery anymore unless you ask them to but I guess I didn't know that and so I was afraid they'd take him to the nursery and I would get them mixed up with somebody it, <laughs> it can't really happen anymore I think it probably could have you know 30 40 years ago yeah. but I don't think that can happen now but it was a real fear <laughs> um no one told me how to hold a newborn. I am not a lover of children <laughs> that aren't my own. And Kayla obviously admires other people's children. I She's do. chosen that as a career to I take do. care of other people's children and educate them. Um, I I don't know. I 
I can't tell you if I had ever held a newborn in my entire life besides my own siblings when I was three (laughs) and now my children and obviously friends have had babies since then and I've been more comfortable but someone in the NICU had to teach me how to touch and hold my daughter when she was born (laughs) because I didn't know how it's okay yeah you're great at it now you're a pro thanks yeah you were kind of the first in like our friends Mm -hmm. group to to start having the babies I don't know how that happened. (laughs) You grew up so fast. (laughs) Uh, No one told me that I'd spend so much time not sleeping while he was sleeping because I'd be making sure that he was breathing and alive and okay. Um, You know, sleep when the baby sleeps. But then I would just constantly be like shining my cell phone light on him or putting my hand on his back just to make sure that it was going up and down and he was, Mm -hmm. he was okay. I think we've all done that. Um, nobody told me that babies make an incredible amount of noise in their sleep and they (laughs) breathe weird and they, again, just that terrifying waking up at every squeak and Mm -hmm. yeah, no one told me that. Uh, no one told me that I would fall asleep during a conversation with a lactation (laughs) consultant at the hospital. Um, after my C-section was over and I was back in the room recovering Um, she came in and she tried to have a conversation with me. I remember her introducing herself and I'm nodding like, yep, okay, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And next thing I know, my eyes open and I don't know how long (laughs) I've been asleep (laughs) during this conversation. Um, so she did end up coming back the next day and was like, I met you yesterday. I'm not sure if you remember. I'm like, I do remember. I don't remember anything else. (laughs) Uh, no one actually told me to get a an appointment with a lactation consultant and it was a happy accident or maybe hospital policy that they came in and had an appointment with me and I'm sure it's not the same for everybody but the hospital lactation consultant that I met with was amazing and showed me tricks on how to have her latch and everything and I think that that really made an impact on being able to breastfeed with that first baby because it was not easy um so I think that's something that we'll get into on the next episode, too, uh, just more about breastfeeding, if that's the route that you choose to go. And, you know, it is a wonderful experience that you can have with your child, but it's not easy, and it doesn't just come naturally, and it doesn't just work for everyone. And so I think that that can be something that, especially first-time moms, think is just going to happen. And then when there are Mm -hmm. problems or it's hard... You feel like a failure. You're not sure what to do. So I think we want to talk on that some more next time. Um, so since I had a C-section and I was not prepared for that, no one told me that high-waisted stretch pants and granny panties would be a godsend. <laughs> all of the underwear and all of the pants and everything I owned seemed to fall right on where my incision was. So um, I took little baby out at a few days old and we were searching for giant cotton (laughs) (laughs) high-waisted underwear and the stretchiest high-waisted yoga pants I could find. I guess that's the benefit of five years later being in the middle of a pandemic is everybody's got that curbside pickup now so you don't even have to get out of the car you could just order that you know on your app and that would have been nice at the time. Yeah I'm sure. Um, Along that same line though no one told me to just continue bringing maternity pants because I think I was still, I looked five to six months pregnant when I left the hospital with each kid. And I yeah. think, I think that's normal. I think it totally is. No one tells you that. You don't no. always realize that no. you're going to still look pregnant. 
No one told me that no matter how many Pinterest lists I browsed and how much planning I did and how early I packed, that I would still somehow forget things. Something my mom actually told me, but most people don't tell anyone, um, is to have people who are offering to bring you meals also bring paper products. And in our house, we really do try to use reusable straws. I have the same eight stainless steel straws we've had for like five years. We're, we're trying to go green, but that week after you give birth, it is not worth it to try to do that and try to add that pressure to yourself to wash dishes. Just have people bring paper plates and plastic stuff and throw it all away when you're done. And maybe add to that, if you're going to give someone some <laughs> meals when they first come home, maybe throw in some vegetables. <laughs> because as much as I loved having people bring us food, like there were so many casseroles and pizza and like, you know, easy things and helpful things. But after a while, I was like, can somebody just bring a salad or some vegetables? Because I can't handle any more carbs and cheese. Now what I almost think would be awesome is if somebody um, prepped like three to five days of veggies and fruits for you that you could like already cut up and ready to go yeah. so that all you had to do was have it sitting next to you while you're nursing and you could just snack on some strawberries or something That'd be great would be helpful um no one told me that we would have so much stuff to take home from the hospital so another like helpful hint i would give to people who are like friends or relatives of someone who's having a baby is don't take gifts and things to the hospital like we talked about earlier we had um, a waiting room full of people there to welcome our son and it which I will always say is a blessing. We are so thankful for everyone in our lives and everything they do for us. But lots of people brought gifts and balloons and things to us at the hospital. So then when it was time to go home, like, we've got the baby and we have no idea what we're doing. And the car seat and all of my things. And I've just been through this C-section. So I'm obviously not uh, recovered and um, feeling top-notch. And then we had all this extra stuff to try to get home. So it just kind of made things a little more complicated. So I was not prepared to have all the extra <laughs> stuff. Uh, another piece of advice my mom gave me, but I don't think anybody else ever told me, was to keep my pajamas on when people come to visit on the days that you're just really tired. And they'll kind of get the hint and be like, oh, she does not look like she's up for guests. <laughs> and we're going to just drop this food off and say hi to the baby and go home. And that's okay. I don't think I looked like I was up for guests for months <laughs> after <laughs> M was born. I lived in my nursing tank tops and those high-waisted <laughs> cotton underwear and high-waisted yoga pants. Um, he was a summer baby, so it was particularly hot. And I just, yeah, I just lived in those nursing tanks. And I didn't care that they were covered in milk and I was stinky and... <laughs> Like, if you're coming to visit, this is how this is how we are. This is how you're going to get me. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Uh, no one told me that it is completely normal to feel so emotional and all over the place after you give birth. I, I didn't know that um, the hormone shift that happens. You know, people talk about pregnant people being emotional. Well, for me, I was far more emotional after I gave birth. Turns out that's normal. And yes. that's your hormones leveling out. Uh, no one told me that. And... Also, if you're feeling extra emotional or sad or even just nothing, a lot of times I would just sit there and just be feeling literally nothing, um, that it's okay to talk to someone and something doesn't have to be chemically wrong. But either way, like talk to a friend, talk to your doctor, 
uh, and they'll be able to decipher what's normal versus what might require some extra support. Yeah, I feel like sometimes in our system and the way things are set up, we kind of forget about the mom Mm -hmm. after the baby is here. You know, there's a a four-week or a six-week checkup, and okay, you're healing well, things look good. Um, But other than that, it's, you know, you're going to the doctor for the baby maybe every week, two weeks, month in the beginning, and a lot of checkups on them, but not so much on the moms. And so just making sure that we are caring for ourselves if, if the system is not set up to care for us, making sure that we advocate for ourselves. And I will say there's been a big difference between E being born and the postpartum mental health kind of checks that they had. That was seven years ago. And O, which was just seven months ago, I, even at his pediatrician appointments, I was given at least a survey. I don't know what, if I checked, I must have checked the right things. (laughs) But, like, they gave me a survey in the hospital talk to me about, you know, how I was feeling, my emotions, postpartum health, like mental health, um, and then checked with me at at least two of his appointments and then at my six-week appointment. So it, was, it wasn't it was a big conversation. It was really just a survey kind of check-in moment. But the fact that they even had that when with E, I don't, I'm not sure anybody ever checked to see how I was feeling emotionally. They were just like, oh, your stitches are healed. Talk to me when you're ready to start birth control again, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it was very much all about physical recovery yeah. and not mental and emotional. So I'm glad to see that things have changed and there's been some mm-hmm. progress. Yeah, for sure. Um, no one told me that I wouldn't always like my <laughs> husband. <laughs> uh, you know, I just remember other people posting pictures or talking about like, oh, seeing my husband with our baby just makes me love him even more. And now, yes, like yeah, I did yeah. get to that point, but I expected that to happen immediately. And there were days early on, even though in the hospital, I was thinking, yeah, this is the right guy. I picked the right guy. He's caring for me. But there were moments in those stressful, exhausting early days where I just didn't really like him very much. <laughs> and um, there was one particular moment where I was really frustrated And I stormed out the front door and I took off down our sidewalk and I got to about the driveway when I realized I don't have my keys. I don't have my purse. I don't know where I'm going. I can't go anywhere because I didn't even have shoes on my feet. (laughs) I just got so mad and I stormed out the front door and I made it to about the driveway and I did a loop around the car and then I sat back down in a rocking chair on the front porch and was just like, I'm just going to be mad out here for a little while because <laughs> I did not prepare for this. I think that's a good coping skill. I'll just be mad out here for a while. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to use that. Uh, no one told me that my own baby's cries would sound far louder to me than they did to anyone else. And also, I I remember those cries being far more anxiety producing for me than I than they are for anybody else. And I... I don't think that's just me because I have been to other friends' houses when they've had, especially their first child, and they'll apologize, I guess, for for their baby crying. And I'm like, oh, you should wait till your kid's five. Like, I don't right. say this because I don't want to belittle what right. they're saying. But, like, wait till your kid's five and just screaming baby shark at you in the back of the car. Yeah. And that that's loud. <laughs> you're, you're a three-day-old crying because they're hungry. Yeah. That's not loud to no. me. But I do know that. 
my own, even now, oh, crying to me sounds, it makes me sweat. Right. Because like, I get so worked up about it. You have to solve the problem and take yes, care of him right yes, now. make him stop crying. I'm sure it's an evolution thing. I'm sure. <laughs> I also remember there would be times, um, like, if my husband had our son and on a different aisle in a store, and I would hear a baby cry or make a noise, I would know if that was him or not. Uh-huh. And even if I knew that's not him, that's not his cry, I can tell that's some other child, I would still have to go find them. And check and make sure and see his face and be like, okay, that wasn't him. Yeah. But you recognize it. You, you, there's very distinct differences to a mom yeah. of that's my kid or that's not my kid. It's but, a little bizarre. Yeah, but it's really kind of cool too. Yeah. Oh, I like it. It's just, yeah, it's a little crazy how that works. No one told me about the fun stomach skin flap situation that happens after having a baby. Um, once the baby's out and... You start to, like, try to lose that weight and get back in your regular clothes and out of your maternity pants. There was just all this extra skin that I didn't know what to do with for a while. <laughs> it did eventually, you know, go away and shrink back down. But at first, there's just a lot of extra skin there. Yeah. Uh, no one told me that when I first started taking the baby out places into public uh, that I would pack way too much stuff in my diaper bag. And that's okay. At first, I thought... It was excessive and I was just being extra. But now that I think about it, if it made me feel calm to have all of what she would need if we were going away for a weekend (laughs) just to take a trip to Target, that's okay because I was calm and I knew I had everything and that in turn kept the baby calm and that's perfectly fine. You want to feel prepared. You don't want to be out somewhere and then not have what you need because inevitably there will be a diaper situation at some point. Oh, yeah. So I feel like as long as you've got diapers, wipes, and extra clothes. For the baby and yourself. (laughs) That is another one that people don't always think about is clothing for yourself. I remember on one morning of a a family holiday dinner or something, I had to go buy an entire new outfit because I was at breakfast with a friend before going to the family member's house. I was an hour away from home and E had a massive blowout in like a Bob Evans bathroom or something and I was wearing nice clothes for the first time ever in three months or whatever and you should have known that was when it was gonna happen when yeah. you actually like put on yeah nice clothes. did some makeup and hair and it was awful I think I walked out of there in my tank top that like my nursing tank because I couldn't wear the shirt at all I'm a I big fan of nursing tanks <laughs> I, I, I would wear those anywhere I don't care I might have had to throw my shirt away at that point That's it was rough. bad Uh, No one told me about how many emotions I would feel becoming a mom and and having a baby. You hear that, like, oh, your hormones are crazy and you'll cry at everything and those sort of, like, emotional-type discussions. But there's a lot more to it than that. Um, Like, I felt proud, like, this sense of pride that, like, I'm keeping this baby alive. I'm doing this. Uh, I brought this child in the world. I safely carried him all this time. Um... All the self-doubt, like every decision, especially I think with your first child, um, am I doing it right? Am I making the right choices? Am I feeding them the right things? Are they eating enough? Are they eating too much? Should their diapers look like this? Just everything you do, um, you know, is it is it the right choice? Is it the safe choice? Is it the best choice for your child's overall well-being? Um, and then just how much love you feel for your child. It's something that is 
you can't explain, I think, unless you have a child by whatever means. Um, I don't think you can explain how much you can truly care for them and love them. And there's a lot of fear with being a parent. Um, I know that the mom guilt is something that we talk about a lot. And so just being afraid that the choices I'm making are somehow going to negatively affect my son. But I think as, as long as you care about your child and you're doing the best you can, and I think that's all that really matters. And no one told me how long that postpartum stage lasts. Uh, even at seven months postpartum, as soon as I think that I'm out of that stage, then that little baby reminds me <laughs> I still need a little bit more time to recover physically and more than anything emotionally. Uh, my birth experiences physically weren't too terrible. There was definitely things to recover from and my sciatic nerve will never be the same. <laughs> but on the emotional side, I think it took me longer, especially the third time, to just find a normal level of emotion and and anxiety and worry and uh, balance like we've talked about before. And I think a lot of times when we talk about postpartum, people assume that six weeks postpartum, you are normal, good to go, which (laughs) is not true. And for everybody, it's just a little bit different and that's perfectly fine. And I think that's something that we've talked about with just about every topic we've discussed, whether it's pregnancy or delivery or postpartum recovery or just how you parent your children or what decisions you make. Everyone's recovery, everyone's path is different and it's probably fine. Mm-hmm.